the late 80s, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the podcast Pat Trek. My continuing mission to introduce my friend Patrick to the best show that ever ran on television. And to boldly go where millions of white guys with glasses have gone before. This is the show where my friend Pat O'Rourke introduces me, Patrick Winninger, to Star Trek The Next Generation, a show that I've never seen. And I have seen a ton of times. And Patrick, we took the show on the road. Well, yeah, about 30 blocks north (laughs) to my apartment in beautiful Albany Park, Chicago. It is gorgeous up here. Yeah, unfortunately, it is directly next to the train. That's true. (laughs) We we may hear a little background noise. Well, it's better than sitting in drywall dust. Yeah. That's true, yeah. We had construction going on at Pat's Loft where we normally record this, so we uh, had to take this here, and my dog Joe has been very well behaved. Very well behaved. He normally is not. So <laughs> Nah, Joe's a good boy. I know. So he's Every once in a while, he still try. just growls at me under his breath. Yeah, he'll he'll do that thing where he growls and still wags his tail. <laughs> I, I still don't know what that's about. But anyway, uh, we're talking about clues Yeah. Today. Uh, I have a really funny fun fact. Okay. So, uh, spoilers, no spoilers, but at the end of the episode, Picard gives an order for Data uh, to forget about the Paxons. Right. The alien race. Yes. Of the episode. Who we never met. Who we never met. Whose name he would never have known. Oh, yeah. It would be impossible. How would he know that? He would not know that name. Fun fact, Picard... It's a psychic. (laughs) The entire crux of the episode, the whole twist, they completely screwed that part up. Exactly. Damn. Well, I found something in the news from February 11th, 1991, when the show aired. So for Patrick's log, I found a profile on Dick Cheney. Oh. The LA Times is asking, who is this guy, Dick Cheney? What's his deal? <laughs> it's like a who age, whatever his age. He was only 50 back then. Which oh, is where, wow. Yeah. Secretary of Defense and a six-term congressman from Wyoming, early advocate of military action against Iraq after Kuwait invasion. So some things never change, I guess. <laughs> uh, and it has all these quotes about uh, how we got to go to war with Iraq. But yeah, Dick Cheney was uh, new on the scene. <laughs> Hip young man, he Dick was a, Cheney. a hot item. <laughs> I'm going to see where this guy's career is going. Yeah, yeah. Uh, He's going to the top. We know that much. Yeah. I just thought that was funny that, uh, yep, uh, that was, that was a, a, new, a new guy Dick on the Cheney scene. Dick Cheney was new news back then. Right, yeah. Not old news like he was he is on, now. On, on the cover of Tiger Beat and all that <laughs> stuff. Before he shot a guy in the face. Oh, yeah, while then, hunting. Then blamed him for it. <laughs> he had to. He's the Secretary of Defense. Yeah. So, yeah, we should get in the episode. This is... Um, Clues. Mm-hmm. And this is one of the ones where people are just kind of doing their own thing at the beginning. Yeah, it's kind of cool. It shows our, it's like a montage of everybody right. doing things they would be doing on a normal day. Yeah, I guess they're like, they're headed somewhere and they've got some leave time. So Worf is like doing Tai Chi with people and 
Dr. Crusher is doing some science experiment, and uh, then we see the Dixon Hill door, you know, Hell that, yeah. that famous entrance to his office. Picard's got some time. He's going to solve a mystery. Of course, yeah. And then Guinan walks in because uh, Picard's voiceover is saying that he had an appointment with a friend of his, and I guess he's going to introduce her to a Dixon Hill mystery. Yeah, she's been wanting to play. Yeah. But so she comes in, and she's trying to do all these things about, like, trying to get past the um uh what's it the secretary oh yeah yes uh i don't trixie or something yeah name. and she's clearly not comfortable with whatever setup this is she had to wear weird costumes she had to wear like garters and shit she didn't know how to wear them yeah and she has to say that she's gloria from cleveland mm-hmm. and it's not working she can't get past so she just walks through and in dixon hill's office there's a guy with a gun <laughs> pointing at her holding Picard and her hostage. Yeah. And he's saying, I, I want my money, toots, or whatever. <laughs> but the weird thing is, Picard, as Dixon Hill, is talking like this guy. He's never no. used a weird accent. No. But he's like, I don't have the money, she? And he's like trying to explain to Guinan. And it's like, yeah, we're just playing along here. Yeah, you know. so she starts doing the weird so, voice. Exactly. Yeah, yeah see, we're not, we're, we don't have your money. Dixon Hill doesn't know who this guy is. Right. It's just some dude that showed up in his office asking for money. And then he goes over to a window and he gets mowed down by gunfire. Whoa. Yeah. Guinan is a little thrown off. She's like, Jesus, this is fun for you. There's blood everywhere, yeah, you psychopath. Yeah. That was nuts. <laughs> I thought I was going to die. You know, Picard's like, look, you can't die in this. It's a holodeck. We are, it's a mystery. You know, who was that guy? Who killed him? Now we got to look for clues. And she's yeah, like, and that's the fun part. Yeah, she's like, so that's fun for you? It's like, oh, yeah, it's, it's super fun. I love a mystery. She's like, okay, I think I've had enough of the uh, the mystery. But as they're talking, they get a phone call in the office, but it's data. And I don't think we've ever seen people contact someone using the structure of the game in the holodeck. Yeah, but I thought it was pretty fun. It was pretty funny that, like, he goes through the secretary and he calls him and he's like, hey, Captain Picard, you know, I thought it would be easier for me to just use like the actual phone in Dixon Hill. I didn't <laughs> want to take you out of the element. But we did find maybe a Class M planet and Starfleet Protocol says that we got to stop what we're doing and investigate. And Picard's like, oh, that was really nice of you, man. Um, but yeah, I got to get out of this costume and, and head up and see what's Go going on. Go do my real job. Yeah, and he says we have a 24th mystery to solve now. Our 24th century mystery. So what they found was a T-Tari-type star in a nebula, and maybe there's a Class M planet or something that appears to be like it. But there's also a small wormhole nearby. I don't, I, they've gone through wormholes in the show before, right? Yeah, I believe okay. so. An accident, usually. Yeah. Because wormholes are incredibly unstable. Right. And Data's saying that, like, yeah, they kind of appear around T-Tari mm-hmm. systems. That happens. Uh, but then it just shows up and sucks him in. Yeah, eats him. They got too close. <laughs> like Icarus. Right. But what happens is the entire crew gets knocked out. We see, like, everyone pass out except for Data because he is an android. He's probably not affected by that biological Positronic brain. Yeah. And we don't know what happened. We don't know what caused this. I thought, you know, before the reveal at the end, it was like, oh, the, it was probably, like, the effects of traveling at light speed or something. Right. Like, knocked him out. Yeah. I don't know. Faster than warp nine. Yeah. Speed of a wormhole. Yeah. But so they wake up, and Data tells everyone, you were out for 30 seconds. I guess we just went through the wormhole. We came out on the other side, 
and that's all that happened. You were just out for a little bit. And Picard's like, oh, okay, well, let's send a, a probe to this Class M planet to just get more information about it because that's what Starfleet wants us to do. Yeah. So they shoot that's a probe. Our job. Yep, they shoot a probe to it and keep going on their regular business. They stay their course, and uh, Dr. Crusher is, like, treating people in, in sick bay. I think it's O'Brien Yeah, he fell off a arm. ladder or something when he got knocked out, when right. he was gardening. Yeah, he's trying to get a green thumb, but yeah. everything he touched turns brown. <laughs> but he he has, like, a really bad ligament damage, and, mm-hmm. you know, she's tending to him, and then goes to get something from her office, and she checks the science project. And when she put... It was mold, not mold, uh, moss spores that she was trying to grow. Before she was knocked out, there was she just put spores in there. Now they're completely grown. That's not supposed to happen. No, not in 30 seconds. Right, and she asked her assistant, like, hey, uh, did you did you move that? And she was like, no, I would never do that. Also, I was knocked out, so <laughs> I couldn't have. Uh, so that's a little a little mystery. How did this grow so fast? Then the probe goes to the planet. It sends back images. And information, but it's like a gas giant. This is not a habitable planet at all. Like, you can't, there's no, no definitely way. Definitely not Class M. Yeah, so why did it say that there was a Class M? How and strange. It, yeah. So that's another little little mystery a here. A little, little clue. Right. So they all, clues popping up. Yeah. So they all. Dixon Hill is on the case. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so they all meet in that conference room. Yeah, the officers are trying to discuss what's going on. And Data is saying, well, there's this guy, Pell Underhill, and he was some scientist. And he, it's it sounds like pseudoscience to everyone else. Like, mm-hmm. I don't really understand what he's saying. It's something about energy and matter, and people are looking at him weird. Yep. And Jordy just shoots it down immediately. Yeah. He's like, that, that's bullshit, dude. Yeah. That's not. It's like quoting Freud or something. Yeah, it's. It's it's something that would not have any relevance to this situation. Mm-hmm. And people are kind of weirded out that Data even brought it up in the first place. Yeah. So why would Data bring that up? Right, Data Picard, knows everything. Exactly. Picard finds some excuse to send him out of the room to like go check the sensors because maybe they're messed up. Mm-hmm. And while he's gone, he's looking around and he's saying, hey, uh, why would he lie? Like, he's not able to do that. What? What would make him bring that up? And Jordy is extremely confused. He's saying this isn't like Data at all. Maybe he's broken. Maybe. They, Clue! Right. So they all split up, and they do uh, different things. Like, they got to check the transporter, make sure nobody came in on the transporter, check the ship's records, just scour the entire ship for more clues to figure out what's going on. So Dr. Crusher goes to the transporter, and she visits O'Brien again. He's like, oh, I, I hope this isn't another house call. <laughs> I don't know, like, does he not like Dr. Crusher? Because he didn't invite her to his wedding. Hey, good point. Remember, yeah. He's always in there, though. He's always getting himself hurt. <laughs> maybe. He doesn't seem happy to see her. <laughs> maybe he hates her. Well, yeah. He Maybe he just wants to keep it professional. I guess so. Because he's that's embarrassed prob- about how he's always falling he's, off yeah, ladders. He's in, like, hurting himself while kayaking or something. Yeah, that's what he did that one time. Yeah. yeah. And it's always his arm. It's always his arm. Oh. So. O'Brien. O'Brien is going through this transporter record because Dr. Crusher wants to find the last person to use the transporter 
right before everyone got knocked unconscious. So they find this enzyme that works with O'Brien, and Dr. Crusher checks her records, and what she's doing is looking through her uh, internal clock, basically. Like her electrolytes, uh, electrolytes, her cellular production, and all this stuff to see how much time passed between the time that she got knocked out and now. Mm-hmm. And it does not appear that only 30 seconds passed. No, the variance indicates at least a day. At least a day. So, which this scene was super weird because Beverly Crusher has horrible bedside. Oh, it's manner. awful. What she was going through is like, well, your electrolytes are like this. And your cellular wall membrane, blah, 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 blah. Okay, see you later. It just, like, you're not going to tell her what any of that means? <laughs> Why did you call me in here? Right. Do I have a transporter explain disease? what she was doing? <laughs> There's no context. And the answer just is like, all right, see you. All ya. right, yeah. <laughs> I might have cancer. I don't know. <laughs> I don't understand what any of that meant. You just listened to a bunch of numbers at my face and told me to go yeah. away. I mean, this was awful. Like, I was mm-hmm. cringing when, mm-hmm. when she was just kicking her out of the room after saying a bunch of babble yeah <laughs> things so, a non-doctor would not understand right uh but it, there's nothing wrong with her it's just her internal clock suggests that there is a day rather than 30 seconds and and dr crusher informs picard about this they're walking down the hall and she's saying i can't explain how this could possibly be 30 seconds biologically something is different from from what would suggest 30 seconds mm-hmm. That's the only clue that they have until Picard goes to engineering and they're talking to Jordy LaForge. And before they get there, Jordy is working with data on something and he kind of finds an excuse to kick data out. He like gets called to the bridge. Mm-hmm. So Jordy's talking to Picard in engineering and he's saying, look, I have some good news and bad news. The good news, I might know what's wrong with the ship, with the ship's clock. Someone reset it. Yeah. Someone went back. It's clearly been tampered with. Yeah. The bad news is only two people have access to it, me and Data. Wah, wah. So Data is not being honest with us. We found a clue! Yeah, he knows something. Hmm. But it's really confusing because Data can't lie. Data can't deceive people if it is against his programming. He has been taken over by people in the past. Yeah, so which that's what I thought I asked was... him about, and he's like, yeah. now that I'm aware of, and it's like, just this season, right. dude. We saw that everything happen. Down. They go to like Noonan Song's planet. Like, yeah. He can be overridden if yeah. there's other programming. And that's what I thought was going on, mm. that there's some kind of dead man switch activating his brain to keep the Enterprise away from something. Ah, that's what I thought. That, that would have been cool. Just some deep memory that's like in his head that gets activated when it gets close to this planet, and he doesn't know why. Mm-hmm. But... Yeah, that ended up not being exactly what happened. But kind of close, but, but not they're, exact. So they're, Picard is asking him all these questions, like, "Oh, does has someone taken over? Has that happened?" I think he says no, which is not true. Like we've seen that happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, he's got to get his head examined, basically. So he's he's in engineering, and Jordy is like going over his brain functions or something. Yeah, that brain has more lights every time we they see added it. some more Christmas lights to it. <laughs> and, and they're Jord- moving faster yeah. than they used to too. Jordy is asking him all these questions, and he he kind of says like, "Oh, this won't hurt a bit." Data points out that he can't feel pain, so Jordy says, "Well, you know, it's a figure of speech. I'm trying to make you more comfortable." Data says, "Well, I'm comfortable. It seems like you're not comfortable." So Jordy kind of spills that he thinks Data is lying to him. And it doesn't make him feel good, but also he's saying, look, buddy, if there's something wrong, you need to tell us. 
all Data can say is, I've already told you everything I know. I can't tell you anything more. I don't know what you want me to say. At this part of the episode, he enters into this whole, because everyone's super suspicious of him, this whole, I cannot confirm or deny right. anything. Exactly. He does like this very legalistic answer yeah. every time that it comes up. There's more and more clues that come up. And by now, I think that they know that it's been more than 30 seconds. I There's think... enough clues. What's it after a clue, but before having the solution? It's a pattern. Yeah. Now. So something. because, like, Worf, I think, had his wrist injured, and he goes to Dr. Crusher, and she's saying, well, this is injured, but it's not like 30 seconds injured. It feels like this is bruised, and it's been like a day. So that's another, you know, check mark in the box that this has been at least a day. They also couldn't find anything wrong with Data. Mm -mm. So there was no, like, programming or something that is overriding his brain and making him do this. What I thought was interesting about the Worf wrist thing is that's a red herring. Yeah. So they even had a red herring in this episode. Yeah, but it still kind of led them to the idea that, you know, this has been more than 30 seconds, right? Absolutely, but at that point, I think, as a viewer, I don't know, I've seen this episode several times, so you tell me. But as a viewer, I'm, like, uh, trying to solve, well, what happened for that day. Oh, yeah. And what? so they're tr- they're giving you indications of that Data did something. And you're led to believe Data is Right, Data, data was, right, the, the aggressor here. Although, spoiler, no spoiler, <laughs> he wasn't. Yeah, yeah. I think that's what they were trying to do, too. Yeah. It was fun. It was, like, classic yeah. mystery structure. So... While all this is going on, the other big piece of evidence that they find is that Jordy is checking through the probe that they sent out that got images from the planet that said it wasn't a Class M after all. And it turns out it looks like it was tampered with. And remember, Data sent the probe. Mm -hmm. So he knows, oh, well, it looks like he messed with the the imagery to kind of lead us off the trail here. He fabricated Data, and he... uh, well, data fabricated data in the probe <laughs> to keep us away from this planet for yeah. whatever reason. Yeah. So they like they quiz data him. dated some data. Yeah. So him and Jordy and Picard go to his office and they like quiz him on this. It's like what? Hey, what's what's this planet? And he gives the wrong answer or something. And he says, "No, data. I found this in the ship's library. It's an image from the ship's library of some other totally different planet, and that's what came up on the probe. You went into the ship's library." found an image and information on this other planet that wasn't there and that's what you sent back why did you do that wow perjury and and data doesn't really have an answer he just says i can't confirm or deny anything picard sits down with him he's pissed picard is pissed uh great scene what he's saying though is he's trying to get to the bottom of why he would do this and the one thing data says is that he would do anything to protect the crew. And the other thing that's been going on, too, is that Counselor Troy has been getting, like, occasionally we'll get, like, flashes of memory, uh, or, or, like, her memory gets fuzzy or something. And she looked in the mirror. Yeah. Is that this scene? This is right before uh, Picard goes to talk to Data. Counselor Troy gets taken, escorted by Worf to her room because she's not feeling well. She goes in and screams and says that when she looked in the mirror... She saw herself visually, but it wasn't her, and it freaked her out. That's so a dumb scene. Well, the one thing that I did notice and I did like from it is that now we see that they actually do have locks on these doors because <laughs> Worf had to call in security to override the lock. Yeah. So 
There's something going up with Counselor Troy. Yeah. I, it's like the only time that we ever actually see her powers is when she is injured or something. Mm-hmm. It's, it's weird. Yeah. We only see her powers getting taken away, never her powers unlocking yeah. something for us. Yeah. So when Picard is like grilling data about, you know, what do you know? Why are you hiding? He tries to use Counselor Troy as leverage and he says, she is in pain. You're, if you know anything, you can help us and, and bring her out of this situation. And Data just says, would you spare the life of one person or an entire crew? And Picard doesn't know what the yeah, hell he's talking about. What the hell? <laughs> right. And he is like, well, Data, you clearly know something. I order you to tell and me. And I'm ordering you to tell me, and you're refusing the order. You know you'll be court-martialed, right? And Data says, yeah, okay. And you know that your entire career in Starfleet will be over. And Data says, yep. And... Not only that, they're going to take you apart and yeah. kill you. To take you down out, to the wires. To figure out what is going on and uh-huh. why you're malfunctioning. And Data says, yep, I understand the risks involved, but I cannot tell you anything. Doing my job. Right. Picard. So they have a staff meeting, and they, they try to figure out what to do with Data. <laughs> that it, should be the name of the episode. What yeah, to do with Data. What to do with Data. <laughs> but Picard is just like, okay, we got to go back to this T-Towery system. We're in Starfleet. There's a Class M planet there. We know that. That's our job. For whatever reason, Data's malfunctioning. But we got to go back and do our job. So they head back to where the wormhole put them. And when they get there, there's like this green blob outside the planet. Yeah, it's like a green force field. Yeah. Blob makes it sound like it's gelatinous. It's not, yeah, but it looks like it's it, it doesn't look like any kind of energy field that nah. we've seen before. It is new to them. Worf is saying, Well, I don't really know if we can shoot it. I don't I'm not sure what the deal is. Let's let's pe- put our shields up and and see what happens. So this energy pulse goes over the shields, and it turns out nothing happens. It's fine. The ship is fine. Hmm. But what does happen is hmm. this little green ghost-looking thing, takes over Deanna Troy while she's sleeping. Poor Deanna Troy! She's a lightning rod for these I know. things. Yeah. This, this stuff keeps happening to her that she doesn't want yeah. or can control. Nope. Uh, she so has no consent. She's basically zombified, and she goes into Data's room and says, the plan has failed. I also love how her voice, it's still her voice. It's but just, it's like a robot. Yeah, it's run robot. through a... What is that? A talkman or a talkboy or whatever right. that thing it's was. It's like uh, what you use when you kidnap somebody. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's what Macaulay Culkin used in right. Home Alone 2. Oh, yeah, yeah. I remember that. Yeah. Remember how he tricked everyone into thinking he was his dad? Yeah. When he was in the shower? It was that. I remember that he commercial. Had that. that commercial used to be on all the time in the early 90s. Hi, kids. I'm home early. <laughs> <laughs> that commercial made that thing seem so much cooler oh, than no, it actually was. Oh, no, of course was. it doesn't work like that. Yeah. All it does is slow down or speed up tape. I know. So Anyway, that was happening to Deanna Troy. <laughs> Macaulay Culkin was behind her with a tape recorder. <laughs> yeah. So she comes in with that, with that voice, <laughs> with a voice-modulated thing, and says that the plan has failed. And Data is, like, pleading with her, saying, it's like, oh, you know, give us more time. Let us... Uh, We'll figure something out. Let us try again. It, it Something has happened between this being and Data. Yeah. We don't know what. And then Jordy comes in, and he's saying, oh, hey, uh, you're needed on the bridge. Oh, Troy, what are you doing here? And Data just tells him to go away. <laughs> I need five more minutes. I need. Yeah, give me a second here. Uh, oh, okay, Data, whatever. And 
he conceals the fact that he's that Troy is not Troy, right? Pretty much. So, so he kind of lies again. Again, yeah, yeah. Well, he he has to do as we'll see later. We'll we'll see why he does this. But yeah, Data goes up to the bridge and he tells Picard, "Hey, we have to get out of here. We have to leave." And Picard is saying, "I I need to know why you're lying to me. Why or not? If not lying, concealing the truth. What is going on?" So then that's when Troy comes on, and she clearly is not Troy. She clearly has a different voice. So Data <laughs> says, okay. Ooh, boy. All right. Busted. So here's what happened. I have orders to prevent this ship from coming to this planet, because otherwise we'll be destroyed. Oh, well, Picard's like, well, who, who gave you those orders? Was it from Starfleet? Was it from above my head? What happened? And Data says, no, it was from you. You idiot! You haven't figured that out yet, Picard? You were knocked out, remember? Remember? No, you can't, because you don't have that memory. But you gave me those orders. <laughs> That's why I, I've, been, I've been lying, even though Data can't lie. Yeah. You know? He, it's, it, the orders from Starfleet override that. Mm -hmm. So the crew is now having to deal with this killer planet, basically. Yeah, it's going to um, absorb them and blow up their ship. Right. Uh, it's a, it's a, a race called the Paxons. Yeah. And they're isolationists. They don't want to be bothered, and they want to be left alone. This Paxson, through Deanna Troy, is saying, look, the plan failed. We will take over your ship and destroy it. What happened is apparently that when everyone got knocked out, uh, Data woke them up with some thing in the in the air system. He mm -hmm. was able to revive them. Some compound was released. Right. But Troy was able to be taken over by this thing. And apparently she was super strong. When we see, like, Worf try to stop her, and she throws him across the room. That's how he injured his wrist. And she points out, hey, we're the Paxons. We want to be left alone. Normally what we do in this situation is we send this energy field that breaks through your shields and will stun you. But that didn't work. Because yeah. one of you is an android and is immune to it. What to do with data? So now we just got to kill all of you. Sorry, <laughs> but we can't. We can't let anyone know where our planet is. Mm -hmm. They set this wormhole up as a trap. So Picard is saying, "Wait, I won't tell anybody about this." Yeah, uh, yeah, but there's a yeah. thousand people. And that's here. what the Paxson says. Like, well, you've got a thousand people on your ship. I Some of them children, right? There's no way that they can keep this secret. Okay, but what if we do this? This stun thing, it, it it keeps people in a biological stasis is apparently what it does. Oh, that explains our beards. And that, yeah, so <laughs> Jordy, Jordy is like, yeah, that's why we don't have uh, our beards didn't grow. <laughs> what if you were to knock us out, make it appear for 30 seconds, but it's actually for a full day, and you can erase our memories in that day. Data, you're not going to be affected by this, so... I'm giving you a really weird order. And Data says, well, you know, I'm required to follow all Starfleet commands, so tell me what you want to do. You must never tell anyone about this. What? If we, if I, I'm going to forget this, but I may try to get you to come back to the ship. You must do everything in your power to prevent that from happening. Mm -hmm. So that explains why the ship's clock got set back. That explains all of his deception. It wasn't actually a deception. He was just following the captain's orders. Before he got knocked out. So, so that, damn. <laughs> yeah. You know what? That's a great point and a great part of the episode. Jordy talking about the beard thing. I want to bring that back really quick. Yeah. So it took them 24 hours to come up with a concoction that's going to make them forget stuff. Right. 
They weren't in biostasis for that 24 hours. They were changing the logs of the ship and moving things around. So their beards would have grown over the 24 hours it took to come up with the chemical to knock them out. I thought the Paxons did that, though. No, because Picard gives them the orders to, like, all right, change the, like, the whole crew changes the computer setting. Oh. And that took 24 hours to prepare to do this knockout thing, and then they do the knockout So thing. the stun wasn't in effect in the biochemical stasis thing? Not in, it, it came into effect, but they had a 24-hour gap where they were getting the ship ready. Oh, yeah, and also the, the woman that was on the transporter, it, her internal clock it moved, basically. Right. So they weren't in biochemical stasis. They weren't in biochemical stasis. Hmm. So that so doesn't why explain they, why they're beard. Yeah, so Another why clue. did they twice call out the beard thing yeah. when they didn't really solve for it? I don't know. That was a weird thing to bring up, too. Yeah, I know. That's why it seems so forced in there. Yeah. And well, also, their beard still would have grown. It's only a day. <laughs> I mean, I guess if you shave, yeah, if, if you're, you're clean, clean shaven, shaven you I it. haven't been clean shaven for a while, so I don't know. Like, I don't feel a day growth on my neck or anything, but I don't know. Maybe Jordy's different. Yeah. But that was the first time that they did this. That was kind of like a flashback. Mm-hmm. Now the Paxson is saying, well, yeah, that plan didn't work, so I got to kill everybody. <laughs> I Like, I, I, we can't do that again. But then uh, Picard. Picard is saying, <laughs> but you left us clues. Don't you see? I'm a human. I need clues. And he talks about how humans love mysteries and all this stuff. And he's, he's pretty much just describing himself. Yeah. yeah. He's, it's and not he, just humans. It's me. Right. And he's saying that we can't resist it when you leave, like, little bits of information. So let's treat that like a rehearsal, a run through. Do it again. And I promise you, we will never speak of this again. Leave no information behind. And we'll just... Go about our way. Starfleet's going to leave you alone. We don't want to mess with your planet. Trust me. These Paxons, they're very gullible. Well, they're pretty accommodating, too, because the Paxons like, okay, fine. Fine. Chance number two. Right. You deserve (laughs) another chance. There you go. Sure, why not? So I guess we're going to knock you out again. So they do it again. Mm -hmm. Data, keep in mind, is still alive and given the same order. And we see, you know, the crew revive again. Like just like they did at the beginning of the episode. And the conversation just goes exactly the same when they're, oh, what happened? Oh, I, I just got knocked out. Oh, well, what about that planet? Let's, uh, let's launch a probe. Uh, when they try to launch a probe, Picard has a second thought. And then he says, no, let's just send out a warning to everyone in Starfleet not to come here because... It seems pretty dangerous. We don't want to risk the crew. <laughs> it's just one Class M planet. It's not a big deal. Let's go home. So I just thought of another thing. And, uh, you know, it's a time kind of messing around with episode. They never really truly time travel, though. And I think no. we have to make that clear because the rest of the world is now, what, two days ahead of them? Two days ahead, I guess. I don't know. So are they going to go hit uh, a space station and think it's Tuesday and everyone's going to be telling them well, it's Thursday? I, I think the only way they would have time traveled is if through the wormhole stuff, right? But that wasn't real time travel. They just oh. knocked them out. No, they, yeah, they just got knocked out and they think it's... Yeah, so they're they're gonna think it's a yeah. different time. Like they're gonna call. They're gonna find a... this out eventually. <laughs> yeah, they're just we missing lost two, two days. calendar days. Yeah. What happened? Yeah, <laughs> everyone went on a bender. They call the atomic clock, you know, to right. sync their watches. They're all gonna be like, "Oh no, <laughs> <laughs> we lost two days somewhere in there." Oh shit! I had to pick up my kids. 
My wife keeps telling me it's Saturday, and I'm like, no, it's Thursday. <laughs> yeah, they lost two calendar days. Yeah, that the rest of the world didn't lose. Yeah, they didn't truly time travel. But yeah, that, that's the episode. They pretty much they're gonna they're gonna go through the same thing again. These should be bearded men <laughs> who know what day it is. It's very confusing. Yeah, this is the part of the podcast where we like to rate what we just saw. If we thought it was amazing, must watch Star Trek. We set to kill. If we thought it was pretty good, comes up in the queue. You give it a watch. Set to stun. And if it's horrible, avoid at all costs. We leave in the holster. So, Patrick, what'd you think? Yeah, I'd say set to stun. Mm. Uh, maybe not the 24-hour stun or whatever. The, <laughs> not the maximum stun? Have. Not maximum <laughs> stun. It's okay. It's just the ending kind of took me out of it. Yeah. Because Picard's whole thing, the, you know, the the preachy part at the end where they have a lesson about humanity, it's about how humans like clues. <laughs> what the hell is that about? And that convinces the Paxons, like, oh, yeah, you're right. You do love clues. I guess I'll spare your lives. <laughs> What's that have to do with that? It has nothing to do with There's no lesson to be learned here. Yeah. Like, the one interesting thing that saves it for me is the whole thing about data and how his programming works. Mm-hmm. And that mystery was interesting to me. That, oh, no, it turns out he got a direct order from Picard in the past to tell Picard in the future not to do this thing. Yeah. And so that was the conflict. That was cool. Yeah, totally. But yeah, the ending totally took it out for me. I, yeah. So set to stun. Yeah, I agree. Set to stun. Not all that great. Uh, I I liked a lot of the components of it. Like they told us at the very beginning, we're gonna tell you a mystery story. Like that's what that little setup with Dixon Hill was at the top. Right. And then we went through and we had a really fun way of revealing each one of these clues. So I, you're excited as they're coming forward. But the thing about a good mystery is the payoff has to be great. Right. And the payoff of this mystery is stupid. Yeah. <laughs> it's dumb. It's There's so many like flaws to it that as soon as you think about it for more than 30 seconds, it just all crumbles. So, yeah, set to stun. Yep. Well, Patrick, anything you want to talk about before we get out of here? No, just thanks for everyone that gives us money on our Patreon. Yay, Patreon! Yeah, that's where you can find all of our episodes, as well as uh, occasionally we'll do original series. Mm-hmm. And we're doing some Pat Trek event adventures. We've yep. been doing that about once a month now, so look for that. I think it's on Neon Rival is where it's going to Yeah, that's where it's going to be. It's going to be on its own feed. I think I'm going to put the first one that's going to drop really soon, in like a week or so. Oh, boy. Uh, I'll put the first couple on this feed, but then I'm not going to clog this feed up with two different shows. Right. Although they're definitely, I don't know, like related. Related, right? It's us playing a role playing game yeah. in the Star Trek universe. Yeah. Um. But yeah, uh, it it will be like hosted on Neon Rival. It's the same place where you can find uh, the Dungeon Rats or God's Fall or any of those things. Yeah. So look out for that. I think we're gonna call it Starfleet Engage. Okay, sounds good to me. Is that cool? Yeah, I was I was banking on Pat Trek Wrath of Pat. <laughs> that uh, I know I just might feel be a like little a little too goofy. That is so Pat Trek Insider. I know it's like who is also, Pat? Yeah. Who's Pat? And then I feel like an asshole because my name's Pat. And like I'm gonna get a well, which Pat is it? Could be either one of us. Yeah, I guess that's true. You ruining the game or me being a horrible yeah, GM? Oh, I, d- I definitely ruined the game in this one. <laughs> no, you don't. You do great. <laughs> Um, well, no, you ruined it. Yeah. <laughs> that's, uh, that's the whole point of the character, man. He's a screw up. Yeah. Yeah. But it also feels super narcissistic to have your name multiple times in the title. Yeah, that's fair enough. But anyway, look out for that. It's, it's going to be super fun. I, I, I think y'all will really enjoy it. Yeah. Uh, 
You can follow me on Twitter at Pat Likes a Tweet because Facebook is for noobs. Let's see what's out there. Peaches. Hot sauce. Peaches. Hot sauce.